You're listening to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD, and this episode is sponsored by Novartis. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to discuss B-cell therapy for multiple sclerosis, or MS, is Dr. Francesca Gilli, Associate Professor of Neurology and Co-Director of the Graduate Program in Integrative Neuroscience at Dartmouth. Dr. Gilli, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. So, Dr. Jilly, let's begin by taking a look at the types of B-cell therapies. Would you tell us what's currently available for patients with MS? Sure. Currently, there are two categories of B-cell therapies available for patients with multiple sclerosis, B-cell depletion therapies and Bruton's tyrosine kinase inhibitors, or BTKs. B-cell depletion therapies involve the administration of monoclonal antibody that bind receptors expressed on the surface of the B-cells to induce cell death by activating different mechanisms of cytotoxicity. The most common B-cell antigen to be targeted are CD20 and CD19. 19, both express on a wide range of developing B cells, although CD19 is expressed in a broader range of B cells, including late B cells. Another possible target antigen for monoclonal antibody therapy is CD38, a surface protein expressed on plasma cells. However, the wide expression of CD38 on other immune cells, including regulatory B cells, could discourage its potential use in multiple sclerosis. And more recently, the second category of the therapies has been develop Bruton's tyrosine kinase inhibitors, or BTKs, which encompass a new class of therapeutics currently being evaluated to treat MS. These are treatments that are not approved for the treatment yet. Therapeutic inhibitions of uh, this enzyme, BTK, involves in B cells and myeloid cells activation and function, is regarded as the next generation approach that aims to attenuate both errant innate and adaptive immune functions. Moreover, brain-penetrant BTK inhibitors may impact the neuroinflammation, so the inflammation in the central nervous system, in the brain, and the following neurodegeneration, which normally that's something that we cannot obtain specifically with other treatments that are not that able to cross the blood-brain barrier and enter into the brain. Now, I'd like to zero in on two of those therapies in particular, the anti-CD20 monoclonal antibodies or MABs and the BTK inhibitors. Starting with the anti-CD20 MABs, what do we need to know about them? So anti-CD20 therapies are the first and most used B-cell therapies to treat patients with multiple sclerosis. Among these therapies, we have two that are actually approved by both FDA and EMEA for the treatment of multiple sclerosis, different forms of the disease. CD20 is a transmembrane ion channel protein expressed on B-cells across different stages of maturation, ranging from very early cells like pre-B cells in the bone marrow to short-lived plasma blasts, which are later and more mature cells. It spares CD20 negative and long-lived plasma cells, which produce antibodies directed against previously encountered pathogens and vaccines, which might explain the favorable safety profiles of these treatments. The B-cell depleting effect of anti-CD20 therapies is mediated through apoptosis, that is cell death, via two different mechanisms of cytotoxicity, is the antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity, or ADCC, and the complement-dependent cytotoxicity, or 
CDC. A single treatment normally leads to a rapid depletion of CD20 positive B cells and circulating B cells, which represent only about 2% of the total B cell pool, are the compartment most efficiently depleted by CD20 targeting agents. In contrast, B cell depletion in lymphoid organs and other tissues, including the central nervous system, is quite limited. Of the anti-CD20 antibodies, we have rituximab, opriluzumab, ofatumumab, and ublituximab. That's really weird names. And all these different treatments have been developed specifically to treat multiple sclerosis. Now, you'd spoken a little bit about them before, but what else can you tell us about the BTK inhibitors? Sure. BTK's inhibitors have recently been developed as a multiple sclerosis treatment. And as I said before, it is still not an approved treatment for multiple sclerosis. It is still under investigation, but it's a very promising treatment. BTK is a cytoplasmic tyrosine kinase, is an enzyme expressed by B cells and myeloid cells, like microphages or microglia cells. And these are both type of cells that are critical in the development of multiple sclerosis. So various BTK inhibitors are being developed to treat multiple sclerosis. Right now, we are at uh, four inhibitor treatments uh, that are still investigated, either in phase two or phase three trials. Tolebrutinib, evobrutinib, orelabrutinib, and fenebrutinib. So again, very difficult names to pronounce. All these molecules are selective covalent oral inhibitors of BTK that block B-cell activation and cytokine release. They have been shown to inhibit the activation, the differentiation, and the polarization of pro-inflammatory cells like M1 microphages or M1 microglia and the following release of pro-inflammatory cytokines, reducing in general the inflammatory environment. BTK inhibitors may be less likely than monoclonal antibody to trigger and antibody response, allergic reactions, or neutralize their therapeutic action. For those just tuning in, you're listening to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and I'm speaking with Dr. Francesca Gili about B-cell therapies for multiple sclerosis. Switching gears here a bit, Dr. Gili, let's examine the use of these medications in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. For patients undergoing B-cell therapy, what else can you tell us about the increased risk of infection? So treatment with B-cell therapies, both B-cell depletion therapies and the BTK inhibitors may adversely affect the immune responses to SARS-CoV-2 infections, mainly because of a significant reduced production of specific antivirus antibodies because of the B-cell depletion and or the disruption of the B-cell receptor signaling pathway. People with uh, progressive MS, those who are older, those who have a higher level of physical disability, those with certain certain medical condition, for example, diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, heart, and lung disease, and also some specific ethnic higher risk population like Black and Hispanic population. These are all groups with a higher risk of hospitalization and worse COVID outcome due to this pre-existing condition. B-cell therapy might further increase the likelihood of developing complications from a COVID-19 infection in all these categories of 
of patients. Still, this risk needs to be balanced with the risk of stopping or delaying treatment. And the recommendation is for people with multiple sclerosis currently taking B-cell therapies to continue their treatment unless advised to stop by their treating clinician. Before starting on any new B-cell therapy, people with MS should discuss with their healthcare professional which therapy is the best choice for their circumstances. The decision should consider MS disease course and activity, the risks and benefits generally associated with different treatment options, and additional risks related to COVID-19, such as the presence of other factors for a more severe case of COVID-19, like we discussed before, the COVID-19 risk in the local area, risk of exposure to COVID due to lifestyles, for example, whether they are working in a high-risk environment, and also emerging evidence on the potential interaction between some treatments. And when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccines, is there any interaction with B-cell therapies? So first, let me start by saying that vaccinations, both for flu and COVID-19, are highly recommended even for patients treated with B-cell therapies. Yes, indeed, the ability of the immune system to generate appropriate antibody responses to the SARS-CoV-2 virus or the vaccine is reduced by such B-cell therapies, especially B-cell depletion therapy. And the extent of protection that the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine provides to individuals with low or absent humoral responses after vaccine vaccination is significantly lowered. However, the immune response against the virus and the vaccine are not completely absent in these patients. And I'd like to stress two main biological and immunological features characterizing B-cell therapies that need to be kept in mind. The first thing is that B-cell depletion therapies spare CD20 negative long-lived plasma cells, which normally produce antibody directed against previously encountered pathogens and vaccines. Pre-existing specific immunity is not affected by the B-cell depletion therapies. It is suggested to vaccinate patients starting B-cell depletion therapies four to six weeks before their first dose. If the patient has already begun treatment, the findings strongly argue for the use of extended interval dosing to obtain the best window for a vaccination. So the best vaccination time is around four to six months after the last infusion. In this way, the effect of the B-cell depletion therapy is significantly reduced. And we have, again, cells that can be instructed and start a specific immune response against the vaccine and therefore be maintained during the actual treatment. Well, this has been a very informative look at the use of B-cell therapies for MS, both in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond it. And I want to thank my guest, Dr. Francesca Gili, for joining me to share her insights. Dr. Gili, it was great having you on the program. Thank you for having me. This episode of NeuroFrontiers was sponsored by Novartis. To access other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com slash NeuroFrontiers, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.